Every summer, there's this show, one weekend in June, and people from all over the world come to see it. It always sells out quickly, but somehow you've managed to get tickets. And the night of the show, you arrive at a field in rural Pennsylvania. The guide leads you and a small group out to the venue, this hidden location in the forest, under a canopy of trees that block out the moon and the stars. As you settle into your seats, night falls, and it's then that the performers finally show up. There in front of you are hundreds of fireflies. Not any old, ordinary fireflies. These ones don't blink randomly, but they blink together, in unison. They light up together, then they go dark together. Light together, dark together. Light together, dark together. This is Atlas Obscura, a celebration of the world's strange, incredible, and wondrous places. Today, we go to the Pennsylvania Firefly Festival, deep in the Allegheny National Forest. It's a scientific mystery. It's a synchronized orchestra of light. And today we'll hear the story of how the stars of this show almost got burnt out. That's after this. If you're looking for a place where the wide open skies and the towering mountains inspire you to find an untapped part of yourself, you might want to take a trip to Wyoming. It's a place where bold, curious spirits forge their own way on all types of adventures. There is no shortage of iconic, expansive landscapes out there. You can discover breathtaking hikes, stunning state parks, authentic Western culture, and other historic sites, along with the tales of famous outlaws like Butch Cassidy and pioneers like Buffalo Bill Cody. The truth lies West. Discover yours at TravelWyoming.com. I'm Roman Mars, host of 99% Invisible. I love the book, The Power Broker, the epic biography of former New York City planner Robert Moses. So I'm breaking it down 100 pages at a time and talking to special guests about why this book matters, like Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. I actually think if it wasn't for Robert Moses, I probably wouldn't have run for Congress. Listen to 99% Invisible's breakdown of The Power Broker every month on the 99% Invisible podcast feed. Right, so we have five guest bedrooms furnished with antiques. I, I made breakfast in the morning. It was a farm breakfast with eggs and bacon and uh, blueberry muffins. This is Peggy Butler. She and her husband, Ken, were the owners of a cozy bed and breakfast in Kellettville, Pennsylvania. So it's truly like going to grandma's farmhouse. Their usual guests were there to enjoy the mountains and the forest, outdoors people, fly fishermen, hunters. But one day, back in 2011, they got an unusual call. It was from a group of scientists who had made a reservation and said that they were coming to study the fireflies in the area. They did come, and they set up a laboratory in our garage at the time and turned it into a lab. They brought all of their gear with them. <laughs> you can imagine. Headlights nets and, and nets and... 
vials and petri dishes. And kept unusual hours. They would come back in after midnight with their specimens and look at them under microscopes and dissect them until the wee hours of the morning, sunrise. (laughs) They'd be just going to bed. They would sleep in, which was just fine. And they quickly became family. After a few days, the scientists invited Peggy and Ken to venture out into the woods. It wasn't actually that far from their place, only about a fourth of a mile. It was well past 11 o'clock at night. Frankly, I'd never been out in the forest this late before. I put my hand up in front of my face and I could not see my hand. The tree canopy makes it very, very dark. I'm looking around thinking, what's what's behind me? Uh, could there be bears or snakes? So I'm a little freaked out. And then all of a sudden, wow. It was just amazing. They start popping like flashbulbs. This wasn't just some handful of fireflies in the backyard, blinking around randomly. There were hundreds of them. Some of them were up in the trees, some of them on the ground, some swirling through the air around them. And then they all go dark at the same time. And you can count eight seconds and they will start again. It is kind of a spiritual experience. Mm-hmm. We might have uh, reached out for each other's hands just to share that experience that yeah. this really is special. A spiritual experience for Ken and Peggy, but a biological one for the fireflies themselves. Yeah, let's call them by their scientific name. Why not? They're called Photinus carolinus, even though they're in Pennsylvania. But there you have it. That's Dr. Sarah Lewis, an expert firefly researcher from Tufts University. And for all fireflies, from the normal backyard ones to the synchronous ones, the reason for lighting up is the same. What this incredible display is all about is male fireflies flashing their hearts out, silently singing a love song to female fireflies. If the females like what she sees, she'll actually flash back. It's a really, really cool thing. Normally, it's kind of every firefly for himself. But for the synchronized fireflies, there's an element of teamwork going on. Here's Peggy again. As they're flashing all together, it's as though they said, you know, if we all flash together, maybe we have a better chance. So she recognizes in that darkness of the eight seconds that that's her family, that that's her species, that that's the males she wants to mate with. So then she flashes during the dark period when they can see her. Let's be clear. The males are very much still trying to outshine and outcompete each other. But by glowing together, they're identifying themselves as the right species, which increases all of their chances of getting a date. So this is the light show that Ken and Peggy saw that night in the forest. The beautiful, synchronized glow of this massive mating ritual. And almost immediately, they had an idea. Ken and I are musicians. A singer and a ukulele player. And then I play the drums. They thought, let's hold a small art and music festival where people can come and see the fireflies. Once we found out that the state insect of Pennsylvania was indeed a firefly, we thought, well, then we need to go with the Pennsylvania Firefly Festival. 
2013 was the inaugural Pennsylvania Firefly Festival. 300 people showed up. We had food trucks. We had vendors. uh, A wonderful jeweler that made uh, these Firefly earrings. The next year, 500 people came. Well, we were pretty naive. We, We made it free the first two years. Fireflies are free. Soon, there were over 1,000 people coming each night. And at first, Ken was happy. Well, as a business person, this is what I live for. So, you know, it was constantly for growth and and numbers. They started charging for tickets and for parking. They built bleachers. They hired more staff. A, A documentary crew came calling. And not just any documentary crew. Said, well, do you know who Sir David Attenborough is? And of course I did because I watched all the nature series on PBS. Our three-car garage became a film studio. Looked like a Hollywood uh, sound lot. Then eventually the movie was released and we started getting all these phone calls from people wanting to come to the Firefly Festival. And that's when things started to feel a little less magical. Traffic got unruly, people were running around the forest with flashlights, and it seemed like the fireflies themselves were disappearing. So Peggy and Ken went back and consulted with their scientist friends and learned this. Light pollution, no matter what color, no matter what intensity, light impacts them, and they don't flash, they can't find each other, then they can't mate. The flashlights and cell phones were interrupting the mating process. And even for those fireflies who did mate, the festival goers could be problematic. All these thousands of people trampling on the very thing that's growing on the ground, the larva, and then the next generations are lost. Every time a festival goer veered off the path or someone spread out their picnic blanket, they were right on top of the firefly larva the baby fireflies were getting crushed. I think all came to the same conclusion at the same time, that we weren't enjoying the festival anymore. Ken and Peggy Butler were at a crossroads. Should the Firefly Festival even keep going? They started scaling back, debating what to do next. Then the decision was made for them. In March 2020, the COVID pandemic hit the U.S., The bed and breakfast closed its doors, and crowds weren't allowed in Pennsylvania. Because it was an outdoor event, the Firefly Festival was actually able to take place. But it had to be held in a socially distant way, which meant limiting the show to just 25 people. The COVID really was a blessing in disguise that allowed us to pull back and reset. In 2020, The Firefly Festival was intimate enough that the butlers could talk to their guests. Ken remembers a young couple that drove six hours from New York. They were students studying in New York, and they just couldn't take it anymore. They touched my heart. We gave them a couple of uh, camping chairs and set them up out in the field where the fireflies would emerge. And here this couple is, staring at the forest before dark, hand in hand, waiting. And to me, That was what this was all about. And without the crowds, the fireflies came back in swelling numbers. The young couple from New York was able to sit in the middle of a brilliant 360-degree light show, 
maybe holding hands, the same way Ken and Peggy had a decade earlier. That's the experience I want people to have when they come and they see the fireflies. We want it to feel very special. We want to capture the moment those two people had at a time when the world was upside down. In 2021, as COVID restrictions eased, Ken and Peggy decided to keep things small. They sold just 50 tickets a night. Gone were the food trucks and outdoor lighting, and they replaced the live music with lectures about ecology. Then at 8.30, Don Salvatore presented his slideshow from the Museum of Science. And there are now rules for the festival goers. Never use pesticides or bug sprays. Never catch the fireflies. Every group is guided. Nobody is given free reign in the forest anymore. Sit quietly and don't disrupt any of the soil around you, the leaves, and where you're sitting. For her part, Dr. Sarah Lewis, the world-famous firefly scientist, approves of this new way of doing things. So firefly tourism is a really great thing. It's fabulous. So excited to, you know, when we discovered that a million people around the world every year are going to see fireflies. It's like, yeah, this is so great. But on the other hand, people need to maybe just learn a tiny bit more about the firefly life cycle. So if you do make it out to Kellettville, Pennsylvania, just put your cell phone away and enjoy the show. A camera can't capture what you'll see out there in the forest. There are these just magical little silent sparks of light in the darkness. It takes your breath away. And it can be a very, you know, awe-inspiring experience. We should note that Pennsylvania certainly isn't the only place to see these magical synchronous fireflies. They are out there glowing in the forests of Tennessee and North Carolina, in parts of Latin America and Asia. If you want to know more about attending or supporting the Pennsylvania Firefly Festival, go to pafireflyevents.org. That link is in the show notes for this episode. This podcast is a co-production of Atlas Obscura and Witness Docs. This episode was reported and produced by Heidi Shin. Our production team includes... Doug Baldinger. Chris Naka. Camille Stanley. Willis Ryder Arnold. Sarah Wyman. Manolo Morales. Tracy Samuelson. John Delore. Peter Clowney. Our technical director is... Casey Holford. This episode was mixed by... Luce Fleming. Our theme and end credit music is by Sam Tyndall. I'm Dylan Thuris, wishing you all the wonder in the world. I'll talk to you next time. Witness Docs from Stitcher. Hi, I'm Lale Arakoglu, host of Women Who Travel. Women Who Travel is a transported podcast for anyone curious about the world. We talk to adventurers and athletes. I've raced the God's Own Adventure Race, which is on the South Island and goes through the mountains down in the Southern Alps on New Zealand. That was eight days spent out in the wilderness. And chefs. Iranian food is home, it's family, it's love. And we share dispatches from our listeners. Ireland is full of these 
I will call them ghosts of the past. From stampeding elephants to training sled dogs. We hear it all. The dogs will curl right up with you, and it can be kind of cozy waiting things out. New episodes of Women Who Travel publish every Thursday. Join us wherever you listen. <laughs>